Welcome to episode 93 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Good evening. It is Monday night, February 23rd. A nice, chilly February there evening. There is nothing nice about it. We, yeah, it puts the ice in nice. I can oh! Tell you that. If that's how we're starting tonight's show, let's start over. Folks, there's... Oh, an hour and a half more of this like grade A comedy goodness. So stick around. There might be more. For tonight's show, we're going to talk about the Zack Snyder Aquaman image. I'm sure we have plenty of opinions about what this means for the franchise. Plenty of opinions. And we're also going to answer our first Dear McSauce question. Or either you, I'm sure we're all familiar with Dear Abby. I don't really understand how we're all familiar with Dear Abby because I don't think it's been a thing for like 30 years. I bet you any money that it still is in newspapers, but we don't read newspapers, so What's we wouldn't newspaper? know. I know, right? But before we get into Aquaman and Dear Abby, we like to kick things off with housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Something that you definitely won't find in newspapers. Mix sauce, the web comic, because it's on the web. It's not a traditional comic strip. Although that would be nice for us. Do you it think that we could keep up the pace of every single day providing a comic strip to a syndicate? Maybe if, no, no not even. Not, not at all. <laughs> not even maybe if I think would, you know, the, the quality of jokes that we give the public now would severely be graded down if, if at all possible. It would have to go black and white. I, I just don't think so. And newspapers don't like when you drop F-bombs and see you next Tuesdays in the paper. It's a whole gigantic part of our arsenal, the swear words that we're able to uh, deliver on the on the internet. If you go to mixsauce.com, you can check out said swearing web comics. This beautiful podcast every Wednesday and comic book reviews on Mondays and Thursdays. You can go to the Facebook page and like us, have a conversation with us, send us your thoughts, your dreams, your wishes. You can send us a Dear Abby and ask us any kind of questions that you might have about comic books, pop culture, or nerd culture as well. Uh, you can go to Podomatic and download the episodes as well as stream it. Go to Stitcher Radio and stream the most recent episodes. They only have about the last six or seven episodes on Stitcher, but you can keep up to date that way. And if you'd like to go to Libsyn, mixsauce.libsyn.com, Liberated Syndicate is uh, the, the hosting platform. You can find all the classic McSauce episodes there. That's true. It is. It yeah. is true. It is true. Um, if you like this podcast, another podcast that I th think that you would find enjoyable as well, that old comic smell. They're also in the iTunes store. You can get them on audioboo.fm and they have a similar style. They don't swear as much as we do. Or at all. Or at all. Maybe some light swears. Some Let soft swears like H-E double hockey sticks. They're great guys. They 
have a wonderful podcast. This week, they watched The Burbs and had DVD commentary. So go to iTunes and subscribe to That Old Comic Smell. I love that movie. Their watching of The Burbs spilled into um, your top three Tom Hanks movies on Twitter today. Oh. And I had to go with The Burbs, Big, and That Thing You Do. Because... Since we were talking movies, I wasn't allowed to pick Bosom Buddies. I really don't like your list, Paul. I like one of them on your list, but I mean, that thing you do, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good movie. The best, the best Tom Hanks movies are obviously The Burbs. That's number one. I think everybody knows that. The second best, probably Forrest Gump. Very iconic role. And then rounding it out would probably be Saving Private Ryan. See, I prefer funny Tom Hanks. I don't like serious Tom Hanks. I like Saving Private Ryan. That's why Pri- I put the burbs in there, man. Saving Private Ryan yeah, would be on my top Yeah, but your other two movies are well. serious Tom Hanks. I don't like serious Tom Hanks. Well, okay, so the Forrest Gump's a little bit of a mixture. I think you get a little bit of everything. Like a box of chocolates? If you could only watch three Tom Hanks movies for the rest of your life, those would be your three. Uh, yeah. I prefer Saving Private Ryan to any of them. It would probably be my number one. See, I had a hard time not putting Toy Story in for number three. Good call. Good call. But that thing you do, yeah, something about that movie holds a special place in my heart. Maybe not as quotable as The Burbs, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a cool fucking movie. I thought... Uh, the main guy that plays um, what do they call him? Shades? I think so. I thought he was gonna his career was gonna take off after that movie. Sean Everett Scott or something. He has some weird three names and it just never panned out. Never panned out for that guy. It's also when Liv Tyler was in the peak of her hotness. Early 90s? Is that right? Early to mid? Late 90s maybe? Late 90s? Uh, Steve Zahn, also in that I like Steve Zahn. Armageddon, I feel, was Liv Tyler's peak. Maybe even, what was the Aerosmith video, Crazy? That thing you do, 1996. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. I liked her in Jersey Girl. Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl, which is no longer the punchline to Kevin Smith movie jokes. Now that's Tusk, but... Jersey Girl, I like that movie. And I like I Jersey Girl. I didn't think it was as bad as everyone thought it was. It just had poor timing because it came out whenever Geely was out, and it was they they kind of. They, I think they did kind of use J Lo as a, um, as a uh, marketing tool for it, even though she was only in it for spoilers. She was only in it for maybe like five or ten minutes. Right. Yeah, it was. Maybe next week we'll, we'll we'll revisit top three Kevin. Liv Tyler vehicles. Oh, I thought we were going Kevin <laughs> Smith movies. We could probably do that right now. Yeah, I think that would be a pretty big debate. Do we well, wanna... It's not a debate. It's all objective. Yeah. Like, we can. We each. I mean, we, we can turn have... anything into a debate, can't we? <laughs> As we've demonstrated on this isn't that just last episode, folks? Isn't that our superpower? Mallrats, Clerks 2, Chasing Amy. 
Those are mine. In order. Chasing Amy, Clerks 2. Jeez. Oh, tough call for number three. It's like Clerks. picking your children. Oh, the original. When it started at all. I gotta pick my top three? If you want. Yeah, why not? You guys did. Hey, come on in. <laughs> we're picking Kevin Smith movies, Matt. <laughs> Wasn't at the top of the show, but we're doing it anyway. Well, Kevin, I'm sure you're listening. Um, I think my favorite of your films is probably... Probably your first one, and I only say that, I, I, not only, but I, there's a strong part of me that says that because let's face it, a lot of our lists are built on nostalgia, and that was my first Kevin Smith movie that I saw, and I loved it, I thought it was incredibly funny and unique, so that's there. Um, then the unexpected follow-up in Mallrats, that's on there as well. Those for me are like 1A and 1B, like they're, I can't even pick between the two. Then the third one, um, man, there's, that's a little tougher. Um, Doesn't the comic book angle of Chasing Amy kind of hit your nerd sensibilities? Because it does for me. No, I, I felt the ending ruined the movie. I felt like it was so out of left field and I was like, I don't feel like this character would like you talking about Banky? No, I was more talking about Holden. Holden feeling his like, resolution to the problem. Right. It felt would almost, not be where I thought it was right. going to go at all. And it sort of felt like it was as if Kevin Smith had taken control of Holden's body and he was now calling the shots. Kevin Smith was like, "Okay, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to fuck each other." That wasn't Holden. That was possessed by Kevin Smith Holden. And that just kind of ruined it. Um, I, w- I would say Jersey Girl. Probably my third one. I think George Carlin in that is is criminally underrated. Um, and you know what? Like people that said he was okay would go right to jail? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's where I get criminally from. And I also feel that um, Ben Affleck was underrated in that as well. I thought he showed a pretty wide range of um, acting chops in that. Certainly better than Phantoms. Nonsense. Did you see Phantoms? No. I did. And you know what? I also read the book, which is really good. It's really scary and creepy, and it's got this great backstory. Um, And the movie was terrible. Movie. It started out great, but then it deviated, and like all things that deviate from their source material, like all things, fell apart. So, Clerks Two, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Cop Out, Tusk, Red none State. of them. You Red meant State, none of them. Clerks Two come close to. Hey. I said Clerks Two. None of them come close Clerks to. Um, Jersey Girl. I wouldn't say they don't come close, but. You know, we're, this isn't horseshoes. This is this is picking Kevin Smith favorites. Jersey Girl, Jersey Girl was good, but it it didn't it didn't have the emotional resonance with me that the three movies I picked did. Like I felt that like those spoke to me on an atomic level. Like I understood something when I watched each of those movies that I didn't know I understood going into those. You also mentioned that nostalgia can kind of color the way that we feel about these movies. 
within the last month, I've watched Clerks too, and man, that it still holds up. It's still equally as funny Cler- as the day that I went to the theater to see it. Clerks two is a great movie, but there is a sense of foreboding in that entire movie if you're connected to the characters, because that's. Dante's last day in Jersey before he's about to leave his best friend and move to Florida for the rest of his life with his kind of not real cool um, fiance. And it just like has this almost like downer vibe until the very end when it's like he kind of gets it figured out. Um, Although something tells me... But that's the triumph of the movie. No, it is. It is. But the entire film just has this sense of foreboding and just it just feels like a Sunday basically is what it feels like do you know what I mean by that Paul? I understand what you're saying Cause uh, Sundays, I didn't get that feeling from that movie though yeah man because like you want them to be best buddies and, and, and it's kind of depressing all the way through not just because he's leaving but because these guys are like middle aged guys they're what our age now and, and they're stuck in their kind of sucky jobs that they had when they were, you know, still in college. And, I mean, that's kind of sad in a, in a way. But isn't how Randall, the frustration that you can, you know, you can all feel it the whole way through. And when he explodes and says, you know, I, you know I'd go back and I'd buy the Quicksoft. That's what I would fucking do. And then they do it, and they come together, and they have they they make that dream come true for them. Even though it's it's a simple thing, buying a, a convenience store, but doing it together with your best friend and yeah. and and making that life together that that's the wait, joy. Wait, wait, wait. You're not getting married here, sharply. There is. Hey, man. Sometimes you there's, know, buying a convenience store is like marriage. There's a there's a deep message in that movie about being connected with your bros yeah you meet girls you love your lady you get married and do all that stuff but like Clerks 2 speaks to that friend connection and like the scene that always stood out to me was is the go-kart scene mm-hmm. when you know that's kind of how they un- they resolve things in this unspoken manner that you know they just go in the go-karts and it's just how these bros are going to deal with well, stuff. Well, they rewind time a little bit, but, you know, it, it's only for that fleeting moment where everything is okay again. But, but is it go- fleeting? Because at the end of the film, they're, it's it's a well, big cycle where the, they're the back go- to the beginning. The right? go-karts was a, a fleeting moment that, you know, only lasted during the course of the go-karts. And it wasn't until going to prison for donkey fucking and everything that they as really, we all do as as all coming of age stories go through that those trials and and tribulations but i feel like it was being in prison that kind of like got them out of their their funk it wasn't the go-karts the go-karts was kind of like a band-aid yeah but like i, I the go-karts was like a literal <laughs> this is not ridiculous the go-karts was a literal representation of looking back at the good times from, no it was you know these these two friends that have been you know best friends for all these years and you know it kind of you know took them back and reminded them of all these good times and you know what this is this isn't easily thrown away right so I, I I don't think it was just a fleeting thing I think it was a part of the ultimate revolution. No, you, you could be right but it 
Yeah, my takeaway from the movie always is the the final scene where they cut and they go they go to misery and the screen changes to black and white and you scroll you go out of the convenience store and it's it's back to the beginning only it's better now because they took control of their lives and that's what they wanted for themselves. What? So I always leave that movie with a positive feeling. No, 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 I do too, but as you watch it it's just got this like relatively uncomfortable vibe throughout because it's like a Sunday. That's the best analogy I can give it. Clerks 2 is like a fucking Sunday. It's that feeling oh shit, in the back of your mind you know that you gotta go to work. Oh, in the back of my mind I know my best friend is gonna be leaving for this kinda not real great girl. See, I never felt that way. Well then you didn't Clerks watch too. it. You didn't pay attention. I was always, I was always 100% invested. Like with that and Mallrats at the time, I was invested too. At the time I saw both of those, I like at the the age I was at, I feel like it really, like those movies hit me hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in a way that Star Wars did when I was a kid. Right. You know, actually, the more Don't we're talking, put your hand up and dismiss that comment. I wasn't dismissing. If it, I but had I... a picture of you being condescending. <laughs> I wasn't being condescending. I was. That's my face. Let me let me show you what you just did. Just bad bad audio or video. Let's do some shitty radio, ladies and gentlemen. Right. And he waved his hand. He did wave his hand. And he and and his chin kind of went up. Right. And his eyes closed because he's seen enough. (laughs) He's heard enough, folks. After ninety-two episodes plus, I've, I've seen enough. I know what you're saying. I know where you're coming from. No. Here, here's the thing I wanted to say. You just made there it is. You made the face. Paul <laughs> has a kind of face. Purpose. I did it on purpose. Listeners at home, Paul kind of <laughs> leaned in, smiled, has that, has fluttered that, his eyebrow. Has eyes that picture at, made it online yet? Is mm-hmm. it on Facebook or I know Matt hasn't tweeted it. No, I can put. No, it. I didn't. Oh, I hope Did that, that pick neck up? crack picked up. That was up my neck, man. <laughs> um, all right, so what I wanted to say was that now that we've talked about it and everything, just thinking about it, I think Jersey Girl's going to fall just a little bit down to the fourth slot, Clerks 2, up into the third. Clerks 1, Mallrats, Clerks 2. That's the list. That's it. What else are we going to talk so about tonight? Pretty similar. We're going to we're going to answer our first Dear McSauce advice column. Question. Well, why don't you go ahead and read that? It's long. You're going to have to uh, bear with me, but Ian's here to help. Oh, good. Uh, Ian's going to play the role of um, comic shop owner. Uh-huh. Uh, this question is from our good friend Jody Yearden. Yearden? Yearden. Yearden. Of that old comic smell, the podcast about what was <laughs> talk about trademark old comics, wrestling, movies, and uh, you know this is this is from Jody. He says, "Dear McSaucers, I've been in a relationship with my current comic shop for a little over a year now. I was so excited in the beginning. He had just moved into town. He seemed like he was different. He told me how he wasn't like other shops." There was going to be fun in the shop, gaming, cookouts, events, discounts that the other shop in our area refused to give. He even promised to show me Ghostbusters on an outside projector last summer. Just the (gasps) two of them? I was immediately drawn in. 
Ew, just the two of them. A little Ghostbusters projector date, perhaps. You know. I would like to, I would like to think this had nothing to do with the previous. Like Jody, this the, dude's gonna finger you. Yeah. Ho <laughs> hopefully there were no hot dogs involved in that cookout. Oh. Ah. Back to the letter. It all started to change about six months in when I realized he was constantly missing the little things. New image titles, Valiant, nowhere to be found. Then certain books wouldn't whoa, show whoa, up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. The Little Things, Image Comics? Excuse me, they're the third biggest publisher. Just wanted to clarify that. That's fair. That's fair. Calling them out. Then certain books wouldn't show up for two or three weeks after they had come out. Diamond forgot to send them, he said. Oh, sorry, Ian. Go ahead. What does he say? Diamond forgot to send them! <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> is that what Jody said? No, that's what that's the comic, the comic book guy. He sounds like that. This is New York. Oh, Paul's narrating this, the same this one is New York. Yeah. Okay. They're from New York. But as issue after issue was forgotten, <clears throat> to be found weeks later, sometimes, if at all. Things from my pull list not being pulled. Issue number ones of a book ordered, with no subsequent issues to be found. Organization was also not as strong suit as new issues were to be found on the front counter. Not on a shelf, not on display. I was beginning to think that while the discount was nice, it wasn't worth the uncertainty that this relationship was How much is the discount? We don't know. That's like, you know... Your girlfriend, she's real nice, but she's getting calls at weird times in the night. Some strange text messages. Hey, honey, who's this? Oh, nobody. That's what this guy's doing. He's playing yeah. the field. Jody continues. <clears throat> the final straw came about a month ago. I was looking forward to reading Star Wars number two, and I assumed he was as well, as my shop owner is a huge Star Wars fan. My, imagine my surprise, not only to find zero copies at the shop, and it was 1.30 on Wednesday. He doesn't open until 12 p.m. But that, in his words, That book isn't out this week! I was floored! How could someone be so inept to forget to order oh, issue number two inept. of the biggest selling copy in years? Comic in years. Comic eventually, comic. eventually I... I got my Star Wars number two at a shop an hour away. Woo! Hey, Jody, <laughs> you can go online, my man. And <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to leave your couch. Just, this, just saying, just saying. Friendly neighborhood McSauce advice. Comicsology plug brought to you by Ian Sharpley. Hey, download while you. Yeah, the app is free if you yeah. just want to go on the, the Apple. Jody finishes, this shop will soon be opening, the shop he visited an hour with, this shop will soon be opening a location nearby, it's a chain, and seems to really know their stuff. My guy has told me he's going to be cutting back his orders even further. So my question, McSausters, is, how much more do I take? Is it okay to move on? And how do I break the news to him and handle this situation? Signed, confused in upstate New York. I feel like that guy, the comic shop owner. Hey, Jody, why don't you just stay here? I'm cutting back orders, but I'm getting you a deal. Uh, unless, unless Jody's getting like fifty percent off. Yeah, he needs to dip. Jody, you need to dip. Break up with this abusive store so, owner. So Jody is unsure what to do. 
I think that he's joking, but you know, let's let's help him out. I don't I don't necessarily think that he is joking. I, didn't I think, think if you're he's joking, would you, if if you were going to a shop and you're friends with the owner and they've been dicking you around a little bit and you know certain stuff's not coming in that you think you should be getting, but you already have a previous relationship with this guy. And would you still feel obligated to stay there, even if he's fucking up your comic rotation? No, I wouldn't. Because my obligation is as strong as the money that I spend there. And anything that is breached beyond what I'm spending, I don't feel like I owe you anything else. I don't know. This dude said that he he had... He has Ghostbusters on a projector, possibly. The summer's those, coming around. Those are the special things that small-time businesses need to do to compete against the bigger ones. And if you're not doing those little things right, then you really have no business being in the game. If I were Jody, I would either go to the other comic book store or do comicsology, and I would ditch this person. It's not worth the hassle. I am surprised that Matt is... The Matt is drawing a hard line in the sand with this guy and saying, "Done. Well, That's it." I would, I no. would, I would maybe give him forewarning. I would say, "Hey, look, I'm thinking about switching. You've been missing a lot." I wouldn't sugarcoat it. I would say, "Hey, look, I want to make sure I'm getting these books. You've messed up a couple times, but I want to keep my account here. Just don't mess up again. And if you mess up again, then you take your business somewhere else." The the comic buyer-seller relationship is a weird relationship. I think it's it's unique to a lot of hobbies and interests because... It's like if your drug dealer is your buddy. Ian hasn't really had to deal with this because Ian's grown up in the same area with the same comic shop his entire life. He's had a stable comic environment. He's I have a committed a... comic relationship, a monogamous comic book relationship. You see, my problem is everywhere I've ever gone, the, the stores have closed. So I'm always forced to go somewhere else. Originally, I bought off a newsstand at the bookshelf. Then I started buying at the grocery store or whatever. Then I went to Collector's World. They closed. Then I went to Cosmic Collectibles. They closed. Then I went to um, the, hot, or the, the when flea they, market. And when they close, it's easy. You just find the next one well, because yeah, they broke up with you different. but have either of you had to make the choice and go to these guys you've been going to and say hey i'm not gonna be shopping here anymore i did two of my friends own two separate unaffiliated comic book stores and when my second friend opened one and i said to the first friend hey i'm gonna get my comics at the other guy's place it didn't go over well it went it was very um very awkward, uncomfortably and unnecessarily awkward. It was one of the more awkward moments of my life, to be honest. He kind of, this is a grown man, several years my elder. He's like Paul's age. He he acted like, like so put out that that I chose to go with the other friend to kind of help. Did he give him a reason? Well, I wanted to support the new guy who's trying to get his business up and running, and the established guy. He's he's fine. You know, he doesn't need my 15 or $20 a week. He's just fine without me. Um, but, but was he okay without your yeah, $15 or $20? Dollars? He's doing just Because fine. sometimes that makes or breaks the bank with a small shop. Um, well, it, it's a smaller shop, but it's not 
He's not hurting. Let's put it that way. But he still would have preferred to maintain your business. I mean, uh, he would prefer to eat seven days a week as opposed to six, which he's doing now. (laughs) But you can live off of six. (laughs) Yeah. I've always, you know, for the majority of the time that I've collected comic books, I've gone to the Phantom of the Attic and glorious downtown Monroeville, PA. The star of the Pittsburgh suburbs. It's been owned by the same guy since I started going there. It's only expanded in the time that I've been a customer. Now, I can't say that I've always been faithful. Occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) Occasionally, I would go to Infinity Comics in Murraysville. I've never my been. Mis- I've, I've my, never been to Infinity. I'll have to take you there. Uh, my mistress field trip. My mistress store. They had comic books in a very uncomfortably narrow one aisle setup in this strip mall in Murraysville. The guy that owns the place has always been nice to me, and I would go and check out some graphic novels that he would have for a little bit of a, a cheaper price than what the Phantom had. So I would go there once in a while and and, and maybe... Get your dick wet. Yeah, yeah. But then then at one point I broke it off and I, I stopped going. And one day... This is the last time, baby. This is the last time. And, I promise. And one day I was walking into my bank and the owner of the comic book store, Infinity... I ran into him as I was going into the bank, and I hadn't been there in a while, and he uncomfortably said to me, what, don't you read comic books anymore? And I felt so bad. Were you wearing that Superman shirt when he asked you that? I wasn't. Well, that's good. So did you say, oh, yeah, I, I gave that kid stuff up? No. And then you came to your podcast. You were like, sorry, man, I had to hit up my regular piece. I just got to stay committed, you know. <clears throat> that's... That's my uh, that's my lady. <laughs> Phantom of the I'll Attic. I'll tell you know, that I, this week. I feel, You're Ian's lady. I feel Jody's pain. Um, you know, he has it especially bad, though, because he's, he's specifically telling his store to pull certain things for him that he is expecting to be there waiting for him when he shows up. When the comic book store fails on that, then they're essentially worthless. Um... Because that's like, that's just the way modern comic book stores work. It's like, it's like a common sense question. I'm like, what are you doing? You're owning a shop. You need to make as much money as you can. Right. How are you missing Star Wars number two? If you don't realize that's going to be such kind a of a big book. Right. Now, um, but the thing is, me personally, I like going in and looking at the racks. I don't enjoy just getting handed a folder's worth You're of an impulse books. buyer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Point of purchase guy. Point of purchase guy. I like to see what am I buying? You know, like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I like the artwork on that. I didn't know about that. I don't like to read previews. Do you not have I, a pull list at all? I do, but I don't have that much on it. At Arkham Gift Shop. Arkham Gift Shop, yeah. I don't have... Um, there are many, many things that I don't have on it, but there are a few. And everything else, I like to get off the rack and just kind of get a vibe for it. And I realize that this is a dangerous game I play. It's a big money sink, and do I read everything I buy? No. Someday. 
You'll get around. The idea is that that the pile's getting bigger. Um, And I've told the owner, I said, hey, look, I need to cut back on this stuff. You know, I'm buying more than I read. And And he's a friend of yours? Yes, he's a friend of mine. Is it because like you've lost interest? Not just an acquaintance. No, yeah, we're we're very good friends. Is it because you've lost interest in some of the stuff that you read? No, or no, what, no, no. Like, what's what, the well, deal? As we what's your problem? Know, what's my? This is only an hour and a half podcast, and we're only thirty minutes in, so I'm gonna have to make this the Cliff Notes version. But what's wrong with me is that I. I'm older now, and I have other things going on, which, you know, when I think about it, I really don't. So, shit, that's not a good excuse. But, like, I've got work, and work keeps you there, for me, sometimes late at night. That's why we're recording a little later than we normally do. Not that any of the listeners um, have any regard to the time that this is actually being recorded. Well, the later, maybe the less energetic we might be. Nonsense. You know, you've never brought anything but your strongest game. Well, I agree, but I what I'm saying is I have to pick up the slack for other members of the podcast. And wait, what? No, I'm just kidding. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Neither one of you were listening. Ian was staring off into the sunset, and or looking po- at my notes, or that. Um, sorry, I'm preoccupied with the spider that's crawling around near the ceiling tonight. <laughs> oh, shit. Look at that thing. So so you're saying because you're older, you don't have as much time to read your comic books. Is that what you're... That's kind the main of, or thing I that have, you're saying? I have other interests beyond, you know, like, beyond that. You know, like, I like to go and work out at night sometimes, and that cuts into comic book time. Or, you know, Wednesday nights, it's it's an extravagant evening for me, Wednesday nights. I don't just merely go and buy comic books, no. Ian I, doesn't either. You I, don't? I do. Oh, Some, you do. So you're simple. Sometimes I am taking a nap because Wednesday is my day off. And Paul and Dominic, they're coming home from work. They're on a schedule. I'm free-flowing, man. I could be sleeping. I could be at home having some soup. I could be watching a movie. Who knows? Hmm. I was there last week, or was I? I don't know. Nobody was yeah. there last week. No, we were. No, I. Yeah, we went separately. Yeah. Um, I still get my books. But yeah, it's it's it hasn't moved. The spider. It um, was behind you for the longest time. Was it I was really? Why'd that. you tell me that? It's better you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's time that's the biggest thing for you. It really is. Um, you know, I, I really do enjoy reading these things, um, but there there are really are a lot of different things that I'm interested in doing, and it's hard to, to dedicate the time required to read everything that I have purchased. I get so excited when I'm at the comic book store because, I, like Paul said, I'm what? an impulse buyer, and I get sucked in, and I need to buy whatever looks good, like... Ragnarok. Do you think I put Ragnarok on my pull list? Knowing you, yes. Well, I didn't. And I saw it on the shelf, and I bought it because I thought it looked cool. Plus, I saw the signature on the artwork. Um, It's kind of hard to see. But if you have a trained eye, Ian, you can see that it says Simonson. Walt Simonson. The The big O in the center is the giveaway. It is. Now, what makes Walt Simonson relevant to a character like Ragnarok oh, Ragnarok is the place right or is that the name it's of the it? event of the world ending or the universe ending is that yeah, right it's like the Ragnarok okay. for Thor okay right that's what's gone on here and 
I don't mean to get into what you've been reading prematurely. I'm blowing my my um, what you've been reading load prematurely, but um, what I'm getting at is something like kind of unique that I wouldn't have expected. I saw on the shelf and I had to buy it because it had cool art, an intriguing looking story. Um, it it was just something that I felt I had to own. And you know what? I'm glad I did. I did read that one. But there are other things I do that with all the time. And then they sit in the pile because I'm getting to other things that I know that I enjoy and I want to keep up on those things. And it's it's just hard, man. But it's not a job as well. Like, read the things that you want to read. If you're excited when I you sit down. I want to read so much. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I'm, I put my stack together. What am I going to read? And I want to read it all. But, you know, you read for like an hour and you're, you know, like usually an hour for me I'm kind of done reading for a while like I can I'm if, good until the next day if you kept up on it more then there would be less for you to read that's true I agree with you I am not a good comic book reader I'm not good at keeping a but it also it's not a job nobody's assaulting you you have to read these things I'm not here to place judgments on you Matt well I appreciate that now I think that how does this relate to the comic shop that you go to and well, giving Jody advice. Well, what I'm saying is I understand that, you know, when you go to a comic book store, yes, you you demand that the things that you said you wanted be waiting for you prior to showing up. But beyond that, you like to go and look at the rack, too. That's part of the experience. And when things aren't Not even... Not Paul it, McGinty. He's well, in, he's out. Right. It's business. Right. What right. time is it? It's business time. Very efficient time. Now, but what I'm saying is, as part of the experience, he's on the move, by the way, Paul. He's behind your head. If I die tonight, by spider bite, I love all of you. That's a It's the tiniest spider no. on the face. It's not. Don't get too close, no. man. It's no. gonna. Oh, it's gonna web you. Although, so long as it stays above the door jams, I'm fine. Once he, once he comes beneath, then. We're gonna have trouble. Then I'm gonna have to kill him. Oh, fuck. he's he's starting to go on the ceiling. Oh, he's gonna. Uh, no, now he's he good. changes he's mind. Good. This is great radio. So, um, what I'm saying is, yes, oh, Ian's gonna kill it with a napkin. Did you get it? No, it didn't. He dropped it on the floor. You know what? I'm I'm pretty glad he didn't put a big black stain on the wall with spider guts. Now, nice job again. So sometimes it's oh, that's um, paint. That's paint. Sometimes there you go, pussies. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See how we just got Ian to do our job for us. Yep. Well, you know, you know smart, you can't, smarter you, podcasters prevail. That's right. So anyway, what I'm saying is that wasn't supposed getting, to be racist. Getting no, it wasn't. Now that the spider's dead, can we do the podcast? (laughs) Getting your shit waiting for you, that is a requirement. But also being able to peruse the rack and see what the new shit is that's come out that week, that's part of the experience. And if that's lacking as well, then it's just, like, that's not an acceptable place to buy comic books. Like, I, you know, that's no different than than having, like, mail-order comics and just having them delivered right to your house. Because, number one, you'd get what you wanted in the first place. But number two, you're missing out on that experience. That's why we still buy paper books. Except for you, Paul. I don't really get your your um, satisfaction out of the experience. But, like, you know, old what? schoolers, like... What do you mean? Uh, what? You, you, you show up, you, were... you get your shit, and you leave. I thought, I hang out with 
Well, Dom, for, I used to hang out with Ian. For, we force him to like, all right, Paul, yeah, come on, let's pretend like we're going to go look so, at the racks. Okay, so let's talk. Out. Like, how was your so day? Oh, it's good, buddy. It's a social event. Do you peruse the racks? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this okay, is what Paul absolutely. does. He goes, he gets his books, he stands with us, and he hates on all the other dorks that are in there. Is he really what he them. does? Would you, would you think he did anything less? I, that, I don't know. Like, I... I guess I never really thought about it, but I don't know. That doesn't seem exactly Matt, like you. Matt. What? In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. I want you to remember that. What does that mean in this context? That means I'm better than all those dorks at the fucking comic shop. Uh-huh. And then you come here to the podcast, and then what? Well, then I'm still better. Oh. <laughs> no, I go to the shop. I hang out. I look at the books. There's... I pick up stuff that's not on my pull list. Uh, there's stuff that I've picked up, not as you know, free flowing as you do, Mister Point of Purchase over there. But yeah. I started buying Coffin Hill just based on seeing seeing the covers every week. That's a good looking and, book. Um, and then stuff not comic related that I get now, like Nailbiter. Mm-hmm. That um, you yeah, but that wasn't it. that wasn't an impulse buy. That was uh, uh, we guilted you into reading it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big. I'm not a big impulse buy guy. Like I, I have. You have to be. I buy you're a lot an of comics. Consumer. Yeah, I buy a lot of comics. I don't want to just buy shit willy nilly. Right. So I like to know a little bit about what I'm going to be getting. Right. Um, but every so often, something like Coffin Hill presents yeah. itself, and it's been a real cool book. I really like it. Well, that's cool. But, I, I know that we've gone off the reservation a little bit with this discussion. But anyway, the point is, Jody, switch comic book stores. Um, I feel like maybe you're past the point of, of warning this, this owner. I feel like you've made it known that you've missed out on certain things. You owe it to yourself. You're spending the money. Go somewhere that makes you happy, the not thing- somewhere where you feel obligated. Your obligation is the money that you're spending. Anything beyond that is ridiculous. The big thing that stands out for me is if, you know, there's, there's the promises of, cookouts and events and you know ghostbusters projected screenings and those haven't come to fruition and that's fine those are like extracurricular things you know those are fun to have but they're not mandatory but having the books you've requested in your pull list that's just something to to the best of my knowledge that's something a comic book shop does no questions asked right it's non-negotiable right i mean that's it's just, the function of going to a comic exactly shop. that's Part of that's, their business. That's the whole reason why they're there. It's as essential to a comic shop as talking is on a podcast. That's true. That's what they do. It's like if you went into the comic shop and you're like, hey, is Star Wars number two there? And they're like, oh, no, there's a spider on the wall. Look out. And as, as comfortable as you are, as close as this shop is demographically, demographically, regionally? Regionally. Demographically Demo- would be like... Yeah. On its way out, I was like, pull it back, pull it back. (laughs) Yeah, as as soon as the shop starts dropping off on the basics of what demographically would be, Jody reached a certain age point and they're like, oh, you're not in the demo anymore. We don't give a shit. Once they start dropping like simple stuff like getting, like ordering the books that come out that week and not even, hey man, we, I didn't expect such a big rush. I didn't order enough. It's stuff like, yeah, I just didn't order it. Well, that's that's not acceptable. So, it's it's time to time to move on. Right. 
Right. There's no reason for you to, to remain on life support with that What's sword. nice for Jody is that this larger chain from an hour away is going to open a shop closer to him. So it's not like he's even going to be relegated to having to go an hour away. Right. A new shop's not opening up. That's it. Cut ties with the old guy. And you know what? There's a... With comic shops, there's always a certain sense of obligation to help this guy stay open. Mm -hmm. uh, a good buddy of mine opened a comic shop, and I went out of my way to go there, just because I really, I really like the guy. You know, good friend of mine, and but his shop, he wound up closing the shop to no fault of mine. I was a loyal customer, but he wound up closing the shop. Um, but it's. If this guy's not delivering, it's time to just cut ties. That's his responsibility to keep the shop open, not Jody's. The most shocking thing about this is that it was 1.30 on a Wednesday that he couldn't get probably the hottest book that's come out in an a hour long and a time. Half, an hour and a half after it it was released. Completely I mean, like, even, unacceptable. Even in the, the heyday, the golden age of modern comic books in the early 90s, Shit would not sell out that comics have never been better. Well, I would agree with They're that. for life! I would agree with that, but Paul's being a condescending dick. Right. He's pulling that from someone who wasn't there during that time. I don't know what Paul was doing in the early 90s. It wasn't being a loyal comic it's book funny. fan like Matt and myself were. The, the death of Superman issue. I mean... Comic book stores, had, they knew it was going to be a big thing, and it was, but they still had them to sell that day, even into the evening. They weren't sold out at 1.30 in the afternoon. Even to a lesser extent, Spawn number 2, I remember being able to go on a Friday night and pull that book off the shelves because they had ordered enough, even though it was a lower order than the number one. They still were prepared, they knew what was going on, and... That's the hallmark of successful comic book stores, knowing your customers, knowing your inventory, knowing what's hot, and preparing for it. I would agree. And to, to wrap this segment up, I feel that whatever this comic book store is called, Jody, we don't know. But what we can tell you is that he is failing you as well as the rest of his customer base on many levels. And frankly, he is failing himself. And if he is not willing to do what he needs to do to have a successful business for himself, to put food on his table up to four or five times a week, then he doesn't deserve to own a comic book store. He needs to go into the like the postal office working business or some postal office working business. Yes, that's a that's a pretty good job, and it's hard to get into. That's what I'm saying. That's really but he can't do comic books, but he could get into the post office. McDonald's is hiring. Let's put it that way. He'll be fine. Comic book store owners, especially I feel the small like this ones, guy would say, I'm out of cheeseburgers. What do you want? Look, small-time comic book store owners are very poor people. They are not making money. They're in this because it's kind of an easy Condescending job. Matt, look and out. It's, and it's a fun job because you're surrounded by people that are like-minded. You're surrounded by comic books and things that you like. Um, you know, it's not a horribly physically demanding job or anything. I think most comic book store owners probably spend the majority of their day sitting. Um, 
that's just the way that it is. But the flip side is they're not making a whole lot of money. So when they're not making all that money, um, your hard line is so surprising to me. Is Tyler. it really? Yeah, you are fucking take no prisoners. Hey, yeah, you are just rough <laughs> tonight. Am I am I being like uh, rude about it? No, I, I I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. I would expect me to be saying all the things that you're saying because you're friends with a guy that owns a comic book shop, but. Like, I don't have any fucking ties to dudes that own a comic book shop. None of my friends are making their wage on owning a comic book shop. So I would expect you to be a little more sensitive than saying, you know what, if you don't fucking give a shit about taking care of your family and your life, then get the fuck out and work McDonald's. You're a loser. Well, I didn't say you're a loser, but it's true. Look, you didn't say those words, but a hard line in the sand that you're drawing. It... I believe... And I, I agree with it. Don't get me wrong. I believe that you can make a success out of a comic book store even with a modest budget um, and, uh, you know, a fairly limited customer base. You have to be creative about how you're going to go about doing that. Um, you have to be savvy with what you order and what you don't order. And you, you make it grow and you reinvest. And there, there are certain aspects of running the business that you can... That you can do or utilize that um, I think can help it grow. And when I do go around and see other comic book stores and I witness some things like, oh man, I wouldn't do it that way. Like, I don't, what are they thinking? And then you go to other shops and you're like, oh, I like that. I see what they're doing. That like, no, one of the big things for me is there is no excuse to have a messy store. None whatsoever. I feel like that is such like a black mark on a comic book store. And I don't like, I have no sympathy for like, if that's going to cost you because you're like too lazy to clean up, then sorry. What's the excuse for having a messy store? Laziness. Is that it, Paul? Is, is that the one and only excuse? I've never worked at a comic book shop. I don't know all the real day-to-day shit that goes on in a comic shop, but I would imagine that there is ample time in the day to organize all the shipments coming in and going out and to make a neat working environment for yourself and the customer. Even if there isn't time during the allotted eight hours that you're there, that you're open for business, if it's eight hours, what, ha- what do you do when the doors close, when the open sign turns off? Right? Isn't that when you gotta straighten up the store, vacuum, dust? That's generally how boxes. most retail businesses operate. But with a comic book shop, I mean, you, there's, it's not like you're that busy all the time. I've never worked at one either, but I know the ebb and flow of the comic buyer, and you have time to be able to. There's time. There's time. Now, you know, I, I think we might be selling the comic book store owner's responsibility is a little short because there, there is a little more to it than one might realize on the surface. A lot of them do uh, online ordering via eBay or through the store's website and you have to prepare online orders and things of that nature as well as maintain the online store. So there's more to it than you might realize on the surface, but I still believe there is, like you said, Paul, ample time to get the store in, in neat order. What's so shocking to me about Jody's story is that like if, if I'm owning a business I'm covering all those bases I'm doing because like that's my lifeblood 
I'm doing everything I can to make sure that the store is a success. Right. The customers that I have are having their needs met. They're loyal customers. Like everything's being done to make this a successful right. business. And this guy just doesn't give a fuck. Right. Or a fudge, as they would say or, on that old comic smell. Maybe he's just simply not cut out for it. He's trying, but he writes things down and loses them or forgets things that he thought he had written down or something like that. And he, he's just messing up, but not on purpose. He's just not cut out for it. And if you're not cut out for it, well, I mean, there's a lot of other jobs, right? Yeah, like, if, if I, I just don't get it if that's... If that's your life's blood, how come you're not putting 120% into this? Well, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. Maybe he is, but he's just terrible at it. But, yeah, I guess. But you, the cynic in me is like, he doesn't care enough. So, Jody, what it comes down to is you got to get out. Your needs aren't being met. This guy clearly, clearly doesn't care about meeting the needs of his customers. Time to get out. Maybe, you know, you hold out however long it is until this new chain shop opens up and then, then you bail. You know what comic book this guy probably doesn't even carry? Aquaman. Which, coincidentally, this past week, there was Zack Snyder, the director of the upcoming Superman v. Batman, or if you want to flip it and say it the right way, Batman v. Superman. Good catch. Thanks, because I figured you were I was so ready for you to pause, <laughs> and I was going to jump all over your shit. Now, uh, Zack Snyder released a picture of uh, Jason Momoa, the guy that's going to play Aquaman. The the relatively, I don't know, was he controversial? Like, he looks nothing like comic book Aquaman, right? Like, before he was cast, before we saw the, the picture and everything... He looks nothing like comic book Aquaman, but I don't think fans had any problem with him. I mean, I I didn't. Aquaman is one of those characters that arguably wouldn't translate all that well to the big screen. He just, his color scheme, his perfectly parted blonde hair and... Well, currently... Shimmering blue eyes. <laughs> currently... In this climate of we hate white males, Aquaman would not translate to the screen. But do we think that it compromises Aquaman's character, the core of this character, by changing his ethnic, ethnic, ethnicity? No, not at all. I think Aquaman has a, more of an uphill battle than a lot of heroes making their jump from comics to the big screen these days because... Aquaman has been the punching bag for people that don't know anything about comics even. Like, in the comic community, he takes a little bit of a beating, but in the comic community, people know Aquaman's a little more than what people really think he is. But the guy even, that talks to fish. Right. And he, I mean, he even got beat up like that on Entourage. And that's what people know. That's the general public definition of Aquaman is how he was portrayed on Entourage. Is he's the guy that talks to fish. He was a little silly in Super Friends cartoon as well, right? I mean, that's all he did in the cartoon. Yeah, I haven't seen Super Friends in a long time. I would expect a lot of the a lot of characters were kind of silly in Super Friends, but Aquaman took fucking 
I mean, he got his ass kicked, like <laughs> from Super Friends and like everything after that. Because at that point, that was the biggest media. You know, like that was what everyone knew of Aquaman. That was the big, the biggest media showcase for Aquaman. And all he did was the and he talked to fish, <laughs> and that was it. But you know, you forget this. This you forget that this guy is as strong as Superman. He, you know, he can shrug off bullets. You know, he can communicate with fish, but all kinds of other sea life. You know, this guy's a badass fucking dude, but general public doesn't care. Right. He's the guy that talks to fish. So you have to toughen him up a little bit. And it's 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 unlike an unlike a character like Rocket Raccoon, no one knows anything about Rocket Raccoon or Groot. You have an entire clean slate to work with. There are, there are no preconceived notions. There are no preconceived negative notions with those characters. So Guardians can roll out and here's two guys that have been around for a long time. You don't know anything about them. This is why they're awesome. Aquaman's you know already funny, fighting though, an uphill battle. Based on your argument, or not your argument, but your point, it's funny though because here we're saying they're, they're going to try to make Aquaman look the part, look as badass as he kind of really is. But with Groot and Rocket Raccoon, I feel like the masses fell in love with these characters because they were cute. If I hear how cute baby Groot is one more time, I'm going to throw up all over this microphone. It's the truth. I can't stand it. Enough is enough. He's a cool character, but not because he was dancing in a flower pot at the end of that movie. Right. I, I am in total agreement with that. What's going on here? Paul's agreed with me twice tonight. I don't know. It's, it's part of the dynamic of our relationship. I mean, when we're on, we're on. Yeah. And when we're not, we're really not. <laughs> Which we're usually not. I don't know. I, 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 I think, think that probably a 50 it's, it's, it's all cyclical. Sometimes you guys are at each other's throats. Sometimes you're at each other's dicks, like you are tonight. <laughs> Was this Golden Globes? Oh, the uh, Golden Gloves or the McSauce Oscars, which just happened, which there was. Uh, I assume there was plenty of dick sucking. Oh, uh, so I, I didn't tune in for a second of it because that bullshit. The Grand bullshit. Budapest Hotel was the fuck, biggest fucking movie fuck on earth. Piece of shit. Oh, uh, Wes Anderson, fuck you golden god, you. Dude. Everybody came up fuck there and you. slurped, and they slurped. And if it wasn't that, then it was Birdman. They slurped, and they slurped. Should we call it the... What is it? The Mix... The Mix Oscars? Mix Oscars. Mix Oscars. Yeah. I will save that for later in the year. Okay. We'll just talk about our greatest hits. <laughs> later in the year, like, if we had a milestone event or something like that coming up. And perhaps seven episodes. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Where we can just slurp each other until we pass out. No, I would, I would rather do... Uh, the fucking leastest hits. <laughs> like, what did we totally fuck up over the but last we don't like that. 100 when, episodes? When we turn the mics off and anyone happens to say, eh, it wasn't our best work, then it is high holy hell. We're gonna be upset about it for a week. We don't like to be negative about this show. So let's Let's like stick to with be the positive negative about other people's work on this show. <laughs> Let's stick with the positive. So they released this picture of Jason Momoa this week as Aquaman. 
Uh, it's it's a what a half body shot from the waist up, mm-hmm. um, and you know it's it's reminiscent of the uh, Peter David run on Aquaman from the uh, mid '90s, mm-hmm. mid to late '90s when he got his hand lopped off in favor of a hook. Um, the long hair and the goatee. Long hair, no, it was a full beard. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was. Um, gone were gone was the tight business haircut the right. clean shaven big it was strong wild. jaw it was wild and and it was cool i felt like in a lot of ways aquaman was new and relevant and kind of badass and you know that look and style ran its course but they well, even they even toyed with an aquaman wonder woman romance during that period during Morrison's JLA, but um, this this image reminds me of that, and I would say that was his most maybe kind of badass look, and that's what they were going for here. So basically, when when we heard they were casting Jason Momoa as Aquaman, we all kind of had a, a mental picture in our head, and this is exactly that. This is exactly what I thought it was. Is anyone yeah. surprised by this image? Absolutely not. It's exactly the like Matt was saying. You got the armor. You got the tattoos. Shaggy dreadlocks. Uh, he kind of has a look of Poseidon about him, and I think that's really where they're going. And it's it's successful. I mean, it's a, it it's exactly what we all thought it was going to be, and I'm happy with it. It'll be interesting to see how he is in the film, but so far so good. Paul, you have a very unsure look on your face. Your eyebrows are raised. No, I'm I'm sure. Uh, you know, like I didn't expect them to go classic Aquaman. My Aquaman is the current New Fifty Two Aquaman. Right. Which, you know, closely cropped, neat blonde hair, clean shaven. Tight orange male shirt, green pants. You know, the classic Aquaman, who is just as fucking Diesel as Superman, if anyone would care to read the books. Dude is threatening on his own. Are those books not doing well? Yeah, they're doing fine. So people do care to read the books. Yeah, people care to read the books, but... I mean, it's it's not an... He need, Aquaman needs a big movie vehicle like this to break the stigma of he's the guy that talks to fish. And if Zack Snyder came out and if they cast someone someone like um, Chris Hemsworth who's tall and muscular and blonde and they put him in the orange shirt and the pants it wouldn't that that's not enough to break this decades long stigma of the guy that talks to fish. I mean they needed to go Peter David, Diesel, long hair, threatening Aquaman. And this guy, Jason Momoa, in this outfit, is fucking scary. Like, if you, like, if you put him up against anyone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point, I'm like, I'm taking this guy. Because this guy looks like he will fucking murder you without giving it a second thought. Like, and like this is the kind of jump they need to make 
Do I wish he was a little more reminiscent Blonde, of the regular A little more orange. Yeah, but, you know, he still has... Like, yeah, you know, Zack Snyder desaturates the fucking images. What, like, what are the things that you like about the current Aquaman that make it your Aquaman, Paul? My Aquaman? Mm-hmm. The comic book Aquaman. Yes. He's the hero's hero. And I've always been a fan of the hero's hero. I like my guys. Like, my heroes being guys that are heroes. There's no real gray area with Aquaman. He's king of Atlantis. You know, he's he was raised on land so he's a champion of land dwellers and the Atlanteans even though the Atlanteans are never sure of him he's still fighting for both people's rights he's just a really good guy he has you know super strength like Superman he has a lot of out of this world powers that I really get into what if you got all of those things that you cherish about the comic book version all in this package just a little different looking. I think I am. Okay. I think I'm going to get all of those things that I like about the current Aquaman in this different package. I like that the armor that he has has a yellowish-orange tint. It looks like he's got the green pants. He's got the big A logo on the belt. He's... He's fucking diesel. And that trident looks fucking cool. It does. Like, I want to fuck around with that trident. Yeah, yeah. Like, that trident looks badass. I do wish that the colors were less uh, desaturated. I do wish that they were a little brighter. I don't want them bright yellow uh, or bright orange and bright green. But I do want there to be a little bit more of a recognizable color palette to it. Um, I... The guys are infested with spiders. Was that another one? I think so. Wow. Maybe you just didn't get the first one. Either way. But, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you know, these the, the DC approach to superheroes so far, based on the casting, um, Wonder Woman notwithstanding, has been... They are finding these, like, mountains of men, and they are making ordinary dudes but huge dudes into these larger than life heroes and I think that's going to translate in a really cool way on the screen yeah like I, I have you guys heard anything negative about this Aquaman image no nobody's complained no. about it at all no which... I think it's pretty cool and I would frightening <laughs> I would not be surprised if there are elements of this look that start showing up in the comic books and he also is the the fans' choice. Whenever they were talking about casting Aquaman for months, there were rumors that Jason Momoa was going to be the person slotted in there. They got him. He looks like we thought that he would look. So everything is right in line with what the fans want from their And I don't think anyone Aquaman. thought that Zack Snyder was going to make the Fantastic Four foible and try to put blonde hair on this on this swarthy man. <laughs> it would be amazing, though. I'd love to see some Photoshop of that. But I, I think I think they they tried to go and bring as much of the classic Aquaman look in as they could with retaining this scary vision, you know, because his hair's dark, but he's he clearly has some highlights. He's clearly got some blonde white in there somewhere the the armor on him is orange the pants are green we're not going to see too much of that in the muted color palette but 
I mean, he's it's it's cool, man. I, he looks like, like he it. could easily go toe to toe with Superman. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he does. Like Superman should see him and be kind of scared. Right, right. Because for as strong as Superman is, and all the powers that he has, and as imposing as Henry Cavill is, as a big muscular guy, he's still the nice guy. Right. But like. Like, if I see Superman, I'm, Henry Cavill Superman, I'm going to be like, hey, what's up, man? But if I see this dude, I'm like, fuck. It's interesting to me because Superman's the alien, right? And Aquaman's the earthling, if you will. Yeah. And yet he's the one that looks like kind of otherworldly almost. Well, Atlantis is otherworldly. No, it's earthly. It's here on Earth. Yes. Technically, it is, it is an earthen environment. Is it other countryly? Technically, it is, but like I mean, it's so foreign that it's like another world. Have you ever been to Atlantis, Matt? Yes, I have. When I visited at Disney World, no, I don't know. <clears throat> I I don't know if like how far the reaches of this whole look are gonna go if. Um, did they announce an Aquaman movie? No. That's not part of the slate. Okay, right? so here's the question. Where is Jason Momoa going to show up as Aquaman first? Is it Batman v Superman? Is that it? Are they filming know. the are they filming the Justice League movie at the same time as Batman v Superman? Dude, I have is no that right? idea. Or? I really don't know. Cuz they just keep adding actors and characters and I villains. Thought I thought he was going to be a cameo in Batman Superman. Yeah, I mean, I think we know for sure that Wonder Woman will be in that film. Yeah. If they have a promo picture, I'm also going to guess in a movie that comes out in, what, a year and a half or two years from now, that he'll also be in that movie. It's so Batman v Superman? Mm-hmm. Well, that's just over a year away now. You're over a year away. I, they keep It comes going. out in March, right? March. I, I believe so. Yeah. so yeah. You know, we're almost through February. I would imagine that he they wouldn't release something... A year away if it was going to be two or three years in the future. Right. So he'll be in Batman v Superman. And you know, I, I'm not convinced that a, a PR stunt like this wasn't a response to Marvel getting Spider-Man. I, and as a matter of fact, I would say that's almost guaranteed that this was a response to that. You know, I think DC right now is in a tit-for-tat game with Marvel, and I think they're confident that they can compete with Marvel now. I think they feel confident in the stable that they're growing and the product that they're going to have. And that's pretty exciting, you know? They have a lot of potential to hang in there with them. They sure do. Great characters, a visionary director, excellent uh, cast members to these movies. So I'm excited. I don't know. I mean, unless you're, like, totally biased, right? I can't... Who here is totally biased? I can't imagine a comic book fan not being more excited about... Batman v Superman than Avengers 2 or Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Do you think that people exist that are going to boycott either one of those movies because they're so hardcore DC or so hardcore Marvel? Do those people really exist? Yes. I know of them. Do you? Yeah. Who? Really? Name names. Name them now. Who? First and last. David Venus. David Venus. He has still not seen Man of Steel because it's not a Marvel movie. Really? Yeah. He, he won't see Batman v Superman? I don't think so. Not Did he see the, not any of the Dark Knight tr- trilogy? Or? He wasn't impressed. 
The he Tim Burton Batman? But, of course he's seen Tim Burton Batman, but I mean... Don't this, be stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, this well, dude is clearly sorry. unstable <laughs> that he's boycotting movies right, just because of, of, of the, the comic book of company. The, mo- the modern age of... The modern golden age of but, comic book movies. Okay, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he's crazy. Marvel zombie. I mean, just totally disinterested in... Like, why, why would he bother to see a movie that has, you know heart and emotion and you know, a real core of character like Man of Steel when you can have fun popcorn action adventure like Guardians of the Galaxy. How about this? Why would he not want to... That was wanna, douchey. I know. Why would he... That was on purpose. That's what, that's what you do. <laughs> no, that's what Matt does. Why would he want to see a movie that's entertaining? It's, it's just like... Oh, well, I'm a TV person, but I only watch Fox. Like, nobody says that. Nobody yeah, says, right. I'm a movie person, but I only go see There are people Paramount out there films. that are Marvel Cinematic Universe. We don't watch DC movies. We don't read Marvel comic books that these movies are based on. We just like what's in these movies. Do they it's watch, so like, X-Men and Spider-Man? Or are they strictly Marvel Cinematic Universe? They probably, this is a weird thing, if they draw that line, they probably still watch the Fox properties and the Sony properties. Like, they're not a studio. They don't have an alliance with a studio, but with the comic brand. It's so stupid. I mean, do they really not have it? Like, when you ask this person, Dave Venus, if that is your real name. It's even in, yeah, I guess I'll watch that. But... Like, you know, it's a, oh, if it's on HBO, I'll check it out. But if it's MCU branded, I'm in the theater to see that bad boy. That's so crazy. So, I mean, they're they're out there. I mean, there's, and that's, like, I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast that, like, there's people that only know MCU, and that's it. They don't know the comics that the these characters are from. You know, they don't give a shit about, you know, the other companies that are that maybe rivals of these characters i mean that's it just you know blinders on mcu or die i don't get it like i why why wouldn't you want to see more stuff like if you like this probably gonna like this too yeah it's just a little bit different but it's still superhero adventures i expect this unite the seven aquaman image to be Part one of a series of seven images to unite the seven, or at least you know using it for, for promotional stuff with Wonder seven Woman what? and some of the other characters. Seven superheroes or seven, seven Justice Leaguers. But it, but this he's uniting the seven seas, right? Isn't that what they're talking about? I get what you're saying, Paul. No. But aren't they saying seven seas? Because who are we talking about then? Aquaman, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg. Oh, Green Lantern, Green Lantern and, and, Flash. Then, and Flash. Okay, yeah, I guess so. Justice League is That's seven. Generally seven members. Well, you are all wearing the time. a Superman shirt. You would know. Is it generally seven? I didn't know that there was a cutoff. There's flux, but it's always roughly seven members. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, Give or take five or six. Yeah. All right. Do you think that we'll see Flash soon? I mean, do you think that he also will be making a cameo in? Batman v Superman? I don't think we're going to see Flash or Green Lantern for a long time. Because isn't Green Lantern planned for like five years from now? So they could hold off on that for a very long time? so far out. I I don't even know if it's going to happen. But like, I wouldn't be surprised to see a cyborg 
or a different Wonder Woman image like this. Yeah, I in agree. The next, in the next six months. Well, I would say probably over the course of the next year, all seven images will be out, right? With the text, Unite the Seven written across them. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't think that they have very many plans for Green Lantern. And they don't have to have those plans for a while. In, in the Justice League movie. Yeah, but I mean, they don't have anybody cast right now. There's so many rumors going around. Now, I don't think they've even decided on what version of Green Lantern they're right. going to go with. Like, there's okay, so fine. much. He'll be uh, the last picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we only have a year to make this picture. There's there's uh, Batman they could easily do, Wonder Woman, Superman. They're going to save that Batman picture for like a prime spot, right? They're going to wait for Marvel to drop some bomb. They could do that. Or, or yeah, it'll be like Comic-Con or something like that. Yeah. Well, when is when is San Diego this this year? March again? May? August. It's August. Is it always August? Was it August last year? Mm-hmm. I thought it was spring last year. No, but it was August. If you I'm go a, back in... I'm a dummy. If you go back in the so McSauce... Dumb podcast history you can find the episode where i talk all about my trip to comic-con do i have to play housekeeping music again here no okay it was short it's a plug it was just a plug okay. for our own show right what episode number was it mm. you non-fan don't even bother it. i find it really easy so anyway instead of bad what what don't we like about aquaman well, well, what does this pretend for the well, character overall? I think we like this, right? Why don't we go to some some more exciting territory, right? Fans have been demanding there's, there's it nothing for I weeks like and weeks think, and weeks. I think it's really cool. I'm excited. I love the direction that DC seems to be going with their stable of heroes. I feel like they have something really special going on here. What's so. also fan-serving about this is that it's... Kind of diverse. Jason Momoa is not a straight up white guy. He's not the blonde haired. I don't think he's a white guy at all. He's not the blonde haired, blue eyed that blue eyed guy that uh, Aquaman usually is. Samoan. Samarian is from Conan, right? Well, he was Conan, but his real ethnicity is not Samarian. (laughs) I stand corrected. All right. Yeah, he's he he's ethnic, and this that brings uh, you know some natural diversity to the cast without totally you know like making Peter Parker Miles Morales or something like that, or making Aquaman Aquawoman. That's good. Like I, I mean, I don't think any of us have any real bad things to say about this, and I haven't read anything bad either. I mean, uh, all systems go for this Aquaman. Terrifying. People are in. People are interested. So you so, you were desperately trying to switch gears. Here. I was trying to switch gears, but then we had to go back Paul and say, "Hey, sure we, we really like this, right? We we like it. Is it is it okay? We like it. Okay." Let's now, what, where did you want to switch gears to? I was going to say that we have teased it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we haven't done it. The fans have demanded it. What you been reading? What have you been reading? Matt, you clearly don't have enough time to read anything. As stated earlier, I have not read a comic book in five years. Matt. However, you have a few laying right here that I'm pretty sure that you've read. 
Oh, those, yeah, that's Ragnarok. Ragnarok is a, as earlier stated on uh, episode 93 of the McSauce Comic Podcast, yet to be named, although you, the listener, will know the name. Uh, we, we spoke about this earlier. It's Walt Simonson's creator-owned comic book called Ragnarok. It's kind of like a, um, a take on Thor in a as if it's after like the apocalypse within like um, Asgard. Let me break this down for you. Yeah. Thor gets killed. All the Asgardians get killed. But Thor comes back to life to fuck up all the demons that now rule the world. Yeah, that's kind of, that's the long and short of it. Um, kind of badass. Kind of badass. Beautiful, beautiful artwork. Beautiful coloring. I love the, the storytelling techniques, like the, the page layouts, the, even the panels themselves are very dynamic and action-packed. Um, to me, this is, this is everything a comic book should be. It comes with the highest possible recommendation. Um, only three issues, I believe, are out so far, maybe four issues at this point. But uh, if you can hunt them down, do it. If not, hey, Comixology. Just go on comicsology.com and download those three issues. Um, Paul, you read it. What did you think? I liked it. It was a pretty interesting story. And with an endorsement like that, people, how could you not rush out to buy the comic book immediately? I think there's a certain sentimentality to the artwork and the panel layout that you're attaching to it that I don't have. I'm not. I'm generally not a fan of Walt Simonson's, Simonson's artwork. Um, how it's dare just, you? I didn't say it was bad. Like it's he's not bad like John Romita Jr. bad, well, right Ian? He's had some I'm not getting in the middle of this had one right now. We don't have enough time um, to fight but like this. Over even at Walt Simonson's peak work, I've never it, I just don't really like his style. But I mean it's it's cool. I, I like the story. Um, it's a it's pretty basic story, you know, Thor essentially comes back to life looking like Skeletor to take over and you he know he has no, no it's jock. like it's like old man Logan he comes back to life and he's gonna kill everyone that's ruined the world All now right. for the readers out there that might be looking to go to comiXology and find this you guys are talking about Thor this isn't Marvel Thor this is an IDW project this so, is yeah this is greater Norse mythology Thor. so don't go looking for this in your Marvel application. However, being a big, big time Thor, the mighty Thor from Marvel Comic contributor, Walt Simonson, um, you know, this has like a lot, retains a lot of that feel that he brought to those classic Thor stories that made it, you know, into the big screen. Yeah, it's, it's high fantasy. It's very mythological. What I really liked about it was the whole, the whole setting of it, which is, all right, what if, everyone dies and the bad guys win and you know Odin finds a way to bring Thor back to you know as a kick-ass zombie yeah he's basically basically a zombie to you know wreak revenge and take out the bad guys wait how did Odin bring him back was that Odin I thought um I think the little squirrel guy says something to Thor about how he was brought back okay I and it's Odin related remember that uh, but yeah like the the whole post-apocalyptic you know Thor comes back from the dead to fix everything like it's a really cool idea that 
I would have never thought of, which is why I only do a little podcast, not write comic books. But yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. Pretty neat. It's, um, this artwork, I feel like, is so classic comic book to me. Um, and, you know, looking at this Walt Simonson artwork, frankly, it's, I think it's the nicest thing I've ever seen Walt Simonson do, which is pretty cool considering this guy's probably in his, what, 60s? Could be. I mean, his heyday was the mid to late 80s. I recently read some of his Beta Ray Bill Mighty Thor work, mm-hmm. and this is leaps and bounds above what he did. So the whole narrative that we have on this podcast of artists falling off after a certain time, I think, at least for this, it's it's held false because this is really good artwork from what I, I can see. Well, from it is. Um, not everyone has the steep fall off. I mean, it, it happens. I'm, I'm not saying that everyone does. From what this, we've, I think this would be. The this might be the exception. It might be. One of the things that helps enhance this artwork versus you know his Thor days is probably the coloring is absolutely phenomenal. I, the colorist in this comic book is um, Laura Martin, and whoever Laura Martin is, give her a raise because she brings it. Uh, this is a good looking comic book, and and. You know, it's funny. Walt Simonson was a big influence on Eric Larson, one of my favorite comic book creators. And, um, you know, it's funny to see, obviously there are definitely, like, I see Walt Simonson's style and then I just see Eric Larson's style through that. And um, it's funny to think that Walt Simonson has stepped his game up to a higher level than ever before, whereas Larson, you know, the the protege has fallen off in you know throughout the years and has gotten sloppier and sloppier um so yeah it's it's kind of interesting to see like the the norm being flipped yeah one of the panels that really stuck out to me was in issue number one and it's a it's a image of the front of cliff borg the fortress at the edge of worlds and just the perspective on it and the way he draws you know all these all these houses and buildings in the face of this fortress going up up the side of this this mountain is really freaking cool and throughout the entire three issues that i've read like there were no boner panels like i never hit anything and was like oh my god this guy phoned this in like everything was real solid and for a guy of his age who's been around the business, I would expect some drop-off. And I could nitpick a few hands here or there. But, I mean, generally, this is solid work. Like, I, I read through it and, you know, wasn't pulled out of it one bit. Cool. So, Ian, have you been reading anything? I have been reading. Uh, as I mentioned before, I was reading Mighty Thor from Walt oh, Simonson. I don't mean to interrupt, but Walt, Simons, Walt Simonson, 68 years old. Still kicking it, man. Sure is. And I was going to if I can still get it up at sixty-eight. <laughs> I was going. I'm just kidding. I'll definitely get it up at sixty-eight. Will you be with us next year? Or? Oh, oh old man, Joe. I don't know. I have a I have a high fast food diet. You really do. Taco Bell, and that's about it. Arby's, right? Arby's. Burger King. That's true. 
McDonald's. I love those new Big Mac commercials where they're like, where they're very condescending commercials. Yeah, I don't like, think I know. This isn't your yogurt. This isn't your quinoa. This, this is, is an your apologetic artery clogging mess of grease. Yeah, I fucking love well, it. Well, I like what McDonald's has been doing lately, which is taking their commercials away from the focus on food. The you know, everything is love commercials where they have the Yeah, those are cool. Heroes and the villains coming up and all that. So it's it's an interesting departure. But the latest commercials where the, the narrator goes but up ba 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 you assholes eat this garbage. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, yes, fuck yeah. Fuck you chicken and lettuce bullshit. Eat this hamburger. Um what I've been reading is probably not all that important because I think we're running out of time. Where we make the McSauce schedule. I don't want to kill the listeners with a bunch of nonsense. Fuck the listeners. <laughs> you talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, okay. I'll be brief. I've been listening to the audiobook superheroes capes cows and the creation of comic book culture it's the companion piece to the three-hour pbs documentary superheroes the ongoing fight um it's it was a really great documentary three hours of comic book history honestly wasn't enough for me so i had to go and get the audiobook 10 more hours of the history and and um, how much did you pay for this audiobook? Uh, it was with my Audible account, so I had one of the as we've talked about on this podcast before. I had a credit for a free book, which I pay fourteen dollars something like that every month for my Audible account. I enjoy listening to audiobooks. I think it's the best way to read. If you didn't have an audio account. It would be. How much would it have been? It would have been nineteen dollars and sixty cents. So I don't think that's all that bad for ten hours. Ten of hours of content. Um, it goes through the rich history of comic books all the way from the beginning. Of Walt com- Simonson probably of makes Walt, an appearance. Walt in there. Simonson comic strips. Um, they talk about the spirit. Uh, famous funnies, things like that. That's and Will Eisner's spirit, Paul. It's true. And go right Thanks, in. Thanks, Matt. Go right into the creation of Superman, Batman, Captain America, all the famous heroes from the World War II era. Lengthy segments on DC, Marvel in its early days. They even cover Image later on. No. Yes, they do. Those hacks. <laughs> So, if you're a historian of comic book art and culture, I think that uh, superheroes is something that you would enjoy. I, I loved it, man. I wish there were more books like this um, to just dive in and listen to what the creators went through, their struggles. They talk about when the Superman film was coming out in the 70s and Simon and Schuster were trying to get their names attached back to their creation and where they were in their lives, these the, this famous creation of theirs, and they were working jobs that paid them $70,000 a year while this movie was 
making millions of dollars at the box office and they were not necessarily included in on that um, it, it's fascinating to hear those kind of tales it's they take clips from the PBS documentary from all the creators Todd McFarlane Neil Adams is featured Stan Lee and you get to hear direct from those creators about their uh, their journey through comic books and that's something that always fascinates me I'm a big fan of where this art form came from and to see and hear it from the mouths of those guys that I've honestly looked up to all my life is really something that's uh, special so superheroes capes cows and the creation of comic book culture yeah that's something I think I'll have to look into it sounds like something I'd enjoy it is it's it's really it's really awesome Paul I think that you would like that um, lot, lot of good stuff on the beginnings of DC how they they changed from the golden age to the silver age and, and the different kinds of uh, alterations that maybe in today's internet age we'd bitch about the change from Green Lantern from a magical character into something more science fiction I think in the internet age we'd be complaining about it but it's it, it was such a logical move and a successful one you get to see all those steps that are taken by the creators in this book I like it I'm gonna have to go look for it even though I don't have an audible account I think I can download the mp3 and send it to you so. legal that's what I like to hear bootleg y'all free shit <laughs> and Paul what have you been reading uh, I've been reading Ragnarok that Matt read. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Um, I have. Um, I'm still slogging through that complete works of Edgar Allan Poe book. Oh, buddy. Oh, fuck. Has this been a rough go? It's not all the Raven, folks. Some of it's dog shit. Really? Some of it is scooping turds out of the toilet and forcing them down your throat. Yeah. It's oh. really fucking bad. Why Some would you do really that? Bad. What, a what a you shining review. You don't have to eat that. You know, in your dog's potty trade? The the mystery of uh, Marie Roger, I think that's what it was called. Terrible. Uh, I'm starting to follow the house, the house of Usher next. I expect the house better of things. Follow the House of Usher. It's had a couple, couple movies. Um, it's one of the one of the more you know widely popular stories he's done but uh yeah overall it's it's been a rough go but i think i'm gonna read trillium <laughs> jeff lemire's trillium before i dip back into poe i gotta take breaks between stories because you don't know what you're gonna get sometimes you're gonna get a great one like Goldbug. other times you're gonna get you know like turds from the toilet trillium the art also by Jeff Lemire. Oh, he's a terrible artist. Not terrible. as high quality as his writing. Yeah. Good writer, terrible artist. Like Brian Michael Bendis. Great writer, terrible artist. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been reading lately. And that's where we're gonna cut it tonight because Matt's been chop, chop, chop. Look at the time, guys. Look at the time. Don't go over the time. Fucking white rabbit over there. So thanks for listening to episode 93. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Jody, for coming to us, the professionals, with your question on how to dump your fucking comic book girlfriend. It's, <laughs> it's not me, baby. Well, it's it, you. It, it's you and yeah. your shitty ordering. 
Thanks for listening tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. See you next time.